Hi there! Welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about the ship of Theseus, and whether or not it really is the ship of Theseus. It's gonna get mind-boggling, folks. Let's get started. The ship of Theseus is one of those famous classic thought experiments that pop up in popular culture every now and then. Whether it be The Prestige, WandaVision, or Star Trek, the mythical ship may be familiar to you in name, but you might never have learnt exactly what it implies. Let's start with the most important, and possibly the easiest part. What is the ship of Theseus, and who the hell is Theseus? Well, Theseus is a mythical hero in ancient Greek mythology, who is credited with slaying the Minotaur in the labyrinth, and being one of the founding heroes of Athens. He's a pretty big deal in Athens. Now, before we talk about his ship and the philosophical conundrums that it presents, let's warm you up by explaining the ship of Theseus to you as if you're five years old. Imagine that for your fifth birthday present, your dad gives you a bike. But it's not just any bike, it's the same bike your dad rode when he was five years old. Okay, so maybe a 30-year-old bike isn't super exciting or flashy, but... Dad says there's something called an economic depression going on, and he's certainly been at home much more than at work recently for some reason. And he's right, the bike does work. But it's a bit worn and torn, so you and him are going to slowly restore it to its former glory. So you get some brand new tires, replace the seat, and repaint the patchy areas where the paint is chipped off. But after a few rides, it's clear that the frame is pretty bunged up, so you replace the frame with a new one so it's all shiny and chrome. In fact, Dad tells you that it looks exactly like how his bike looked when he first got it when he was 5 years old. Now let me ask you this. Is this bike still the same bike as the one your dad had when he was 5? I mean sure it looks the same, but all the parts are brand new. There's none of dad's old bike still left in this current bike. So technically speaking, your dad has never ridden any of the new parts of this bike. So can you call it dad's bike? What's the deal here? Alright, so back to the ship of Theseus. Funnily enough, most thought experiments are surprisingly explainable to five-year-olds. I mean, the premise, that is. You just have to change ship to bike. The consequences and implications, they'll just destroy a lot of children's minds, so don't be teaching your five-year-olds what ship of Theseus actually is. Now, the ship of Theseus is a very old thought experiment in philosophy. There have been many different versions for millennia, such as the grandfather's axe problem, But the best-known one is by the ancient Greek essayist Plutarch, who posed the following question. After his adventures, Theseus sails home to Athens a hero. To commemorate him, the Athenians preserve his ship in the harbour. They take great care of it, fixing it up every time a plank decays or a sail rips, replacing it part by part as it breaks over the ages. Ultimately, every part of the ship has been replaced with a new part. So Plutarch asks this question. Now, is this the same ship as the original ship of Theseus, or is it a completely different ship? On one hand, you could argue that yes, of course it's the same ship, it's just been repaired and refurbished. Still has the exact same details and form, and its origin is still the original ship. But on the other hand, you could argue that no, it no longer contains any component from the ship that Theseus once sailed on. Therefore, it's just a replica. And thus we come to the infamous thought experiment, 
considered one of the oldest philosophical questions in Western philosophy, in fact. We come back to our original question. What is the ship of Theseus? How do we define what something is? Maybe Bill Clinton has an answer for that, but probably not. What do you think? If you think the ship is still the original ship of Theseus, then give us a woo! If you think the ship is a completely different ship now, then give us a yeah! Well, this is a podcast, not a concert, so I can't hear you anyway. But even then, try to remember what your original answer was, because we're going to go on a wild ride to make you question everything about yourself and what is, is. Brace yourselves. Okay, let's start with the people who confidently claim that the new ship is a completely different ship, because it doesn't contain any of the original parts that Theseus sailed on. Well, consider this. Your body is made up of many different kinds of cells. Bone cells, muscle cells, blood cells, eye cells, brain cells, the whole shebang. Now, because cells get worn out over time, they get replaced by new cells periodically. This is the reason why you don't literally turn into a zombie as you age, even if you feel like one. You turn over all of your skin cells every four to six weeks. Your blood cells get renewed every three months. Your gut lining turns over even quicker, being exchanged every four to six days. In fact, most of the human body gets replaced over time, if you give it enough time. This means that your body is not exactly the same body compared to you of last year. Sure, some of you will be the same, like a lot of your brain cells, they don't die or get replaced, they can just remodel themselves. But there will be parts of you that have been patched up with new cells, much like Theseus' ship getting new planks. So if that's the case, is your body not really yours compared to five years ago? What makes you different from a ship? Okay, let's argue that because not 100% of you is replaced, you're still you. This also brings up a sub-question regarding the ship of Theseus. If the new ship is a different ship, at what point did it become a different ship to the one Theseus used? Was it when more than half of it was replaced? Does it still count as Theseus' original ship, even if only 10% of it is made of the original material? Similarly, consider a city like New York City. Is the NYC of today the same NYC from 1880? Literally every person from 1880 is dead now. There are many iconic buildings like the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty that never existed in the original NYC, and a whole lot of buildings have been demolished, rebuilt, or repaired with new materials along the way. So is modern-day NYC a new New York City? Or are we being silly and of course it's the same city, because it is. It sounds pedantic, but that's kind of the point of philosophy. It makes us think long and hard about the why of it all. It makes us have a better understanding of how we define and experience the world we live in. Alright, let's keep going. We're not even close to finishing. This time, let's turn our attention to the people who claim that the new ship is still the ship of Theseus, even if every part was replaced. Philosopher Thomas Hobbes put an interesting twist to the ship of Theseus problem. And yes, that is where the name Hobbes came from, as in Kelvin and Hobbes, the lovable boy and stuffed tiger doll duo. Let's say that with modern technology, we recovered every part of the old ship of Theseus, all the rotted planks and ripped sails, then magically took away the damage and rebuilt the ship. Now, which ship is the ship of Theseus? Is it the one that's been rebuilt from the original materials? Or is it the one that started off as the original ship of Theseus, but replaced over time? Could you really have two ships of Theseus, or does one of them have to be fake? 
It's a bit of a paradox because the newer repaired ship could be considered the ship of Theseus, since it is still the original that's just been patched up. But surely the reconstructed ship from the original parts should still count as the ship of Theseus. So in a weird way, yes, both of them are. Maybe? But shouldn't the one with the original material be more ship of Theseus, see? Ugh, is your head spinning it? Because mine is. Gets even weirder when you consider the famous Star Trek teleporter conundrum. In the sci-fi world of Star Trek, they have these awesome teleporters that can zap you one place to another instantly. The basic version of how it works is that the teleporter completely disintegrates you, casually, then reconstructs you exactly to the atom in another place. Okay, so this is exactly the same issue as Hobbes' question. Is the new you that's been recreated the same as you? What about the you that was disintegrated at the start of the teleportation? Did it just straight up die? And what if the teleporter malfunctioned so that it created the copy of you at the destination, but it failed to disintegrate the original you? Now there would be two copies of you, the original you and the new copy you. Would you be willingly killed so that the new you can live an untroubled life without thinking about the fact that there's a copy of it running around? Or would you claim that the copy needs to be destroyed, even though if the teleportation was successful, that version would have been the only you? It's really convoluted, right? It's very difficult to give black and white answers to these philosophical questions because it's context dependent. Part of growing up and becoming mature is learning that the world is not a black and white place. It's just infinite shades of grey. Philosophy and questions like these help us make sense of this confusing mess. Because although the ship of Theseus may be mythical, it has real-life implications. Like, if teleportation does become a reality through technological evolution, and I hope it does because commutes are getting ridiculous nowadays, then we have to know what to do in that situation where there's two copies of you. We need to know how we would define human clones. Are they distinct people, different from the original? Or are they exactly the same people? What about digital uploads of our consciousness? Do they count as another version of us or not? If a building that is a cultural heritage is damaged through war or disaster, and you rebuild it to match every detail, is it still the same as the original, or is it just a replica? If a music band slowly replaces every member until none of the original members remain, can you still call it the original name of the band? Let's take a quick break, and when we're back, we'll go even more metaphysical and talk about exciting words like anatha and hexeity. Welcome back. Just in case you haven't had enough thinking scenarios, let's consider a house made of Lego bricks this time. If you break apart the house until all you have is one big pile of individual Lego pieces, where is the house now? Is the house destroyed, or are the individual blocks still a house, just deconstructed? On one hand, you could say that the pieces are still the house. On the other hand, you could say only the components of the house remains. The form of the house that offered Mr. and Miss Lego warmth and shelter, they no longer exist. There's no roof, no warm fireplace, no nothing. However, it does still have the potential to be rebuilt into the house. You can even make a more creative, more awesome house. That's the fun of Lego. There's an awesome word I learned recently called hexeity. It comes from Latin and it essentially translates to thisness. It's what makes something that particular thing the essence, so to speak. In the case of the Lego house, we could say that what made it a Lego house is the form and structure. The individual pieces don't mean anything, they're just Lego, 
until they're built into a Lego house. All right, so let's move on and now talk about the meaty subject. What defines you? We've established that your body is not permanent. It's always being replaced and renewed. Much like the individual Lego pieces, you're probably not defining your you-ness by your body parts. Although some people do, some people identify themselves as the hot guy or girl. When they're young and their skin is tight and they're freaking beautiful, of course it's easy to identify yourself with how you look. But then their identity gets shaken as their skin wrinkles and they gain weight and they lose their vivacity and glamour. They might even lose certain body parts or see it change through surgery and illness. Okay, so if our body doesn't define us, then what else can we rely on? Most people, regardless of what their religion or spirituality is, have some sense of an identity or persona or essence of who they are. For some people, it might be their job. For others, it might be their personal qualities like intelligence or being funny at parties. For many, their passions define them, such as traveling or cooking or rock climbing. These things tend to have more permanence and stability, so they're less likely to get replaced or patched up due to wear and tear, like ships and bodies. So there's less risk of us having to face the problem of the ship of Theseus, asking the question of, am I really me? But as Buddhists teach us, nothing is permanent. There's a Buddhist principle of anatha that there are no permanent underlying substance that defines us. Everything inside us is constantly changing, for better or for worse. Jobs can be lost, people move away, our personalities can be dulled or changed by our environment, and even our intelligence can be robbed by things like head injuries and dementia. No matter how sacred we hold our identity, it can be altered. Which brings us back to the ship of Theseus. If parts of us, especially the core parts of us that we define ourselves by and identify with, if these parts are changed, like a ship getting a new sail, when do we stop becoming us? How can we prevent our identity and sense of self from crumbling in the face of impermanence? This is a question every person faces at some point, usually more than once, somewhere along life. Think back to your life's identity crisis. Might have been when you hit 21, when you hit 30, when you hit your middle aged, or it might be a regular Tuesday for you. There are a few ways we can approach this problem though. The first step is to protect your identity in the same way you do your investments. You gotta diversify. If you define yourself as a doctor or a mother or a traveler, then you're gonna feel hollow and crushed if you were to retire, watch your children move away for university, or if a global pandemic were to shut down traveling for a while. But by identifying yourself with multiple different things and giving them each a balanced dose of attention, you'll be able to stand up quicker and easier if a big life change happens. So examine your life and see what defines your you-ness. If you can only answer that with one hexity, then you might need some introspection and self-development time. The second step is redefining ourselves. This whole podcast, we've been talking about whether the new ship is the same as the original ship of Theseus. Well, what if we don't like the original ship of Theseus? What if we want to improve it with blackjack and hookers, I mean, with more sails or a flashier stern, etc.? Your identity is similar to the Lego house we just talked about. If you don't like who you are, you have the power to break yourself down to your individual components, then rebuild yourself the way you want, just like Lego. And no, I don't mean rearranging your body parts like putting your nose on your hand. I mean the building blocks of your identity, like your skills, your strengths, experiences, and your dreams. You can rearrange these blocks to make certain skills or experiences more prominent. Maybe your attractiveness doesn't come from looks, but 
from your sense of humor or kindness so you can emphasize that. Maybe you want to work in something creative rather than an analytical job. You can rearrange the blocks, get different blocks, whatever. The ship of Theseus was a national treasure, so it had to be kept in its original form to the last detail, so Nicolas Cage might steal it someday. But you, you're flexible and dynamic and ever-changing. You are far greater than the sum of your components, because you have potential. The last step is to accept impermanence and anatta. If you're rigid in your thinking, like the ship of Theseus has to stay the same with all of its original pieces, then it'll be a travesty, you'll just be miserable the whole time. The point of thought experiments like the ship of Theseus isn't to get the right answer. With philosophy, the true answer lies in the questioning and thinking and pondering. Maybe it doesn't matter if the repaired ship is the original ship. We don't have to label and define things, or have a set identity. If we accept that everything within us changes with time, then we learn to accept ourselves for who we are in this given time. I know for sure that if I look back 10 years, 5 years, or even 1 year ago, I was a different gen to who I am now. I've got different priorities, different connections, different ways to spend my time. Hell, I wasn't even making podcasts a year ago. But I'm happy right now, and that's what matters. I don't want to go back in time to when I was traveling Europe, or in school when I had 3 month long holidays. There's no point in time that I want to return to the golden days. Because the only day that matters is right now. I accept that the current gen is what I am right now, so I choose to make the most of it. That's my life philosophy, at least. Because even if the factoid that every cell in your body is replaced every 7 years, so you're a completely new you every 7 years, is not true, technically. You as a person certainly change with time. You might even be a completely different person to your past self. But that's okay. If you like it, then enjoy it and relish it. If you don't like something about your current self, then find out why and try to fix it, or learn to accept that change is inevitable and cherish it instead. Because if you constantly get all hung up on whether the current ship is the real ship of Theseus or not, you're going to have a miserable life. Well, I think that's enough self-help talk in the guise of explaining philosophical principles, don't you think? What did we learn today? We learned that it's really hard to say whether a ship is the same ship once every part has been slowly replaced over time. Because it depends on what the essence of the ship is, and how we define that. We learned that Kelvin and Hobbes are both named after philosophers, but you didn't know that. We learned that teleportation creates all sorts of issues, like the whole killing you and making a new copy of you thing, and what happens when it all goes wrong. We learned that we change over time, both our bodies and our hexades. We even learned what the word hexade even means. We learn to accept that we're impermanent in every way, so we might as well enjoy it. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and maybe even useful today. And hopefully I didn't give you an identity crisis thanks to all the philosophical musings. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jen Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter 